Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Talking about issues and coming up with solutions. Dean Mackin on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, and welcome to Australia Day. You know I'm going to do it. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And I can hear you all out there doing the oi, oi, oi. Uh, you're getting a twofer today, two for the price of one. It's not just me. It's going to be myself and David McBride, who's been doing an absolutely tremendous job of hosting the show while I've been up in Queensland gallivanting about. And uh, uh, David, mate, thank you. Thank you. And as you said, it, it's great to be here, Dean. It's great to have uh, the audience here with us. I think anyone that's here with us today is a, is a bigger a big fan of you. Um, I really enjoyed uh, pretending to be you for four days, five <laughs> days, and uh, I guess if, if if it doesn't, if it means nothing else, get, getting together with friends and celebrating Australia is uh, a lovely thing to do. And I'm very privileged to be here with you and your audience. And um, uh, I think that's what really matters, that that kind of connection um, and talking about what Australia, are, well, the good things about Australia, just make it smile, as you said. Um, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> Mate, I'm seeing lots of flags on the central coast of New South Wales everywhere I go, uh, at least, you know, a few per street, which is something I historically hadn't been seeing over the last few years. So people are now, um, because of the, the pushback, people are absolutely flying these flags to counter that, and we're getting lots of that going on. Now, let's go right back to the beginning of Australia Day, and let's talk about these absolute cretins down in Melbourne. If it was going to happen anywhere it was going to happen in Melbourne. These people like to erase history. But if you're going to erase history, do it based on actual history. Wouldn't that be absolutely wonderful? So let's talk about the Captain Cook statue. They cut it off at the, an at the ankles with an angle grinder. Now, here's Captain Cook, a man who was a tremendous fella by all account and somebody who came from humble beginnings, which wasn't the... Uh, the, the norm for the ship captains of the day. Usually they came from, from the higher class society. He worked his way up from very humble beginnings, a very hard worker, a man who was an explorer, a ship's captain, a cartographer. And let's face it, he landed in Botany Bay on Sunday, the 29th of April in 1770. Now that's got nothing to do with the 26th of January. If people want to know what that is, that is, the, in fact, let's go back a bit forward. Captain Cook actually died on the 14th of February, 1779. He was trying to uh, take the king in of one of the islands in Hawaii hostage after they stole one of the ships, uh, one of the boats off one of the ships there in a bay. So that's where he ended. Again, that was a full year and a little bit after what we now commemorate as Australia Day. And what that does indeed uh, commemorate is the landing of the first fleet and the raising of the Union flag of uh, Great Britain by Arthur Phillip at Sydney Cove. So there were these imbeciles going and attacking poor old, in the memory of, and the tribute to uh, Captain Cook. He had nothing to do with any of that nonsense. So I have no idea where these people come from, but they really do show their ignorance, don't they? Yeah, it, it is stupid and um, it, it's upsetting. It's a decent uh, statue. It, it, it cancelling, uh, yeah, you're right. It does show where we have, where some people are going, where it's it, it's real ignorance and violence over um, 
over uh, reality and and in all sorts of ways it's wrong like as if even if uh, even if cook had been a controversial figure and if if you and as you pointed out he was a heroic figure from a very poor background who who through his own he epitomizes everything we'd like to think is good about australia pulled himself up by his bootstraps and was none of that sort of old navy bullshit about you've got to do this you know shiny shoes brigade he wasn't a shiny shoe brigade he kept his uh, people under his command alive uh he's exactly the sort of officer you would have liked to have had um uh and and even if he wasn't the idea that cutting a, a statue down is somehow going to change the past or yes. make things better is just so stupid it sort of shows the sort of idiots you're up against oh i'm gonna you know i'm gonna go and smash that statue and then that somehow 200 years ago things going to be different um it it, it, it it's in him yeah it, it's imbecilic and it, it uh, uh i think that the, the only uh um the poetic justice in such cases i don't know if it's happened is that the bloody great statue falls on the people trying to do it and you know squashes them i mean it's it, it, yeah you, you you were an idiot uh historically wrong he was a good person and uh cutting down a statue is not going to help it's not. And I mean, a couple of other things. A, I think that was completely predictable. I think there should have been a security guard there or better still, a covertly placed security guard so they could actually catch these people because and next year it'll happen again. It'll be a different statue. It'll probably be something that has nothing to do with it. But to the point where we would be able to predict probably one of four major landmarks that they would target next year and have some people waiting for more. I think that would be absolutely terrific if we could do that. Man, we've got lots to talk about about Australia Day, but of course we'll, we'll get to a break. So people, don't miss out on a thing. Be sure to download the TNT Radio app from either the app, Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. You can easily listen in live from anywhere, anytime, and you can watch now. It's available right now to download, and we're keeping you up to speed right here at TNT. It's the stuff. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? People are talking about. Vilifying MAGO if it's not going to work. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay. Welcome back to TNT. Um, I'm Major David McBride, military whistleblower. You've got double trouble here today. You've got Dean Macken and me, and <laughs> we never know you. Who's going to, you know, I'm going to get things wrong. Although the one staple I've had this week, and it's been an absolute joy, is to have our uh, UK correspondent, the very well qualified, the very well spoken, and uh, Amazing Gemma from the UK, maybe join us for uh, uh, three of us here in our party line. Hey, Gemma. <laughs> Hi. Lucky me. I mean, it's Australia Day and I've got two stalwarts of the Australian broadcasting landscape at TNT here with me. And it's a, it's a celebration for me. I've got the double Ds, haven't I? Dean and David. So, yeah, happy Australia Day, guys. It's a, it's a, I've been doing a bit of research about Australia Day. And, of course, Captain Cook, uh, you know, came from the UK, came from Middlesbrough. And I've been to Captain Cook Park up in the northeast of England several times because I used to date a guy who came from Middlesbrough from Teesside. And he is absolutely revered up in 
that part of the world. You've got Captain Cook's birthplace, Captain Cook Park. You know, he's really, really celebrated uh, in in the Northeast and, 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 and in the UK, you know, for what he achieved and what he did. So, yeah, it's and, and I know where you're coming from with the confusion as well to, to, to chop down that statue without doing even the most basic Google search on what Australia Day really was. I mean, come on. Maybe they were drunk. Well, I'd say they probably were. Uh, obviously not rocket scientists, but I mean, the simple fact is the statue is still there. It'll it'll be, well, I hope it's going to get put, put back up and I would hope that they erect some sort of shroud around it that they can't do that as easily next time. But I mean, let's have a look at Australia Day just quickly, Gemma. Um, I mean, uh, he wasn't the first, the British weren't the first people to discover Australia. You know, other countries uh, in Europe had sailed around and discovered Australia. They knew where it was. They didn't see it was of any use to them at the time. But imagine the British were very uh, restrained, uh, were the most, probably the most civilised of all the countries historically at the time. And I think that the native population did very well to have this country settled by the British, because had it been some of the other countries, and we won't even talk about the European countries, but I mean, here they are saying, you know, had you left us alone, I mean, it would be absolutely just crazy to believe that this country would have been untouched here in 2024. That is absolutely ludicrous. At some point, the Japanese or the Indonesians, and let's use the Indonesians as a perfect example, our large, huge northern neighbour. And if anybody wants to have a rough idea of how they may have treated the indigenous population 200 and something years ago, well, they don't have to imagine it because you can look at West Papua right now, today, and they're dragging the poor native people of West Papua uh, around in chains in some places. And that's in 2024. So you can only imagine historically what would have happened. Uh, the Japanese would have found this to be prime land, um, would have suited them down to the ground. So if the indigenous population of, of Australia, who I think do very well by the way that we've treated them, I could almost guarantee them the Indonesians or the Chinese, had they come and settled Australia, uh, it wouldn't have worked out so well. So I just wish they'd have uh, a fair income look at where we are today, all the opportunities that they have, and they have as many, in fact, they have more opportunities than most Australians, and just get on with life. Because as long as you live life with a chip on your shoulder, how do you get forward? What what good does that do your children? What they need to do is bury the hatchet because the, Ma the Maori or the, the, the Maori people of New Zealand, even though they aren't this, you know, well, they did come from Hawaii about eight, nine hundred years ago, I do believe. But we consider them to be indigenous of New Zealand by modern day standards. And those people have no chips on their shoulder. They're a very proud warrior like race and they're the best people. They just move on and get on with their lives and and uh, move forward. And I think uh, the indigenous people of Australia, those who don't like Australia Day, I mean, um, could learn a lot from them. It does seem rather that there are more um, Indigenous people now celebrating Australia Day from from the just a scant bit of research that I've done over the last couple of hours is that people are realising, you know, what happened in the past is the past. And now it's a question of where do we go from here? And, and as you rightly say, Dean, it is 2024. Now, I'm not going to get involved in Australian culture. I'm not qualified to talk about any of it. I can just see, see from the outside where you are as a culture. And it does seem that people are much more, look, we have to work together. And I think that's one of the kind of legacies of the last few years is the a cross section of the a great swathes of the cross sections of the public right across the world uh, of, of cross sections of age, culture, demographics, diversity, skin color have looked at each other and thought we, we should be fighting each other. We shouldn't be against each other. We should be those above us, the globalists, the agenda, the politicians. They're the people, not 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 our, the common man. We we are should be united. And I do see but just from a bit of research that I've done 
even in the early hours of this morning here in the UK, that more and more indigenous Aboriginals are saying, let's celebrate Australia Day. And some of them are having parties, they're getting the flag out. And that's the way forward. Unity is the way forward. It always is the way forward. Diversity and fighting and cutting down statues, it doesn't achieve anything except create a climate of distrust and fear. And I think more and more people are realizing that and thinking, well, if we do have a common enemy, it's those above us. It's not each other. It's not. Oh. For sure. And it, it's not most ab Aboriginals. It's a disproportionately amplified minority who are who are out there ranting and raving today. I mean, I've seen a couple of posts having a crack at this uh, senator that we have here, Lydia Thorpe. I mean, so bad the Greens had to get rid of her. I mean, what does that tell you? Sorry, say that again. Yes, I, I couldn't Sorry, quite hear L that. Lydia Thorpe, a senator so nuts that the Greens had to get rid of her. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, you know you've got problems when you get kicked out of the Greens because you're you're even a bit further left than they are. She is off the edge and down the side. Absolutely not. Some of the antics that she's got up to, um, and of course today she'll be out there in full force uh, trying to to make a name for herself. But uh, certainly I hope that she won't be re-elected. Anyway, I, 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 we don't wish to hijack you any further. What have you got for us, Jim? Uh, right. Well, it's a story that happened just four hours ago. And I did cover this story yesterday on TNT uh, with Rick and Natalie on um, Open Line. And it's uh, America has used uh, the first ever uh, execution, death row execution with nitrogen gas uh, just four hours ago. A guy called Kenneth Eugene Smith, he was waiting on death row in Alabama. He, uh, they tried to inject him with a lethal injection back in 2022, but they couldn't find a vein in the in the in time in the, in the window that they, they have in the death warrant window. So he he, he escaped death then. Um, and they have changed the way they execute people in Alabama. They're now using gas, which some people say is deeply, deeply controversial. Vets don't even use it on animals anymore because it's too distressing for the animal and certainly for the owners. They say it's a, quite a cruel and inhumane way of, of putting someone to death. And the United Nations got involved as well and said they should halt that method of execution. There was two appeals. Uh, the, the last one he put in yesterday was an 11th hour appeal to the Supreme Court, who'd already rejected one of his appeals to be killed in this manner. Um, and at just after two o'clock in the morning, UK time, so four hours ago, um, they, they put him to death by this method. Um, apparently, there were five members of the media that were let in. Um, and he allegedly said before he was gassed, tonight, Alabama has caused humanity to take a step backwards. Um, uh, thank you all for supporting me. I love you all. And as the mask was put on and he was gassed with nitrogen oxide, he said, I love you to his family. And apparently, according to reports from the media, it took two to four minutes of him writhing around, uh, then five minutes of very heavy breathing before he was pronounced dead. So I wonder if this is going to set a precedent. Um, quite a few countries in the world still use the death penalty. There are 55 countries that still use it. Nine only use it for most serious crimes. 23 countries haven't used it within the last 10 years. Alabama is one of the kind of most staunchest proponents of death row. It's got 164, it was 165 yesterday, inmates on death row, 164 um, this will be the precedent that is set now. And the reason is, is that drug companies are not manufacturing the drugs used for lethal injection anymore. They said they won't contribute to executions. They won't contribute to death. Pfizer was the last drug company to say we're not going to sell uh, these these drugs anymore because they kill people. I mean, I find that astounding. Pfizer saying we're not going to make <laughs> these drugs because they kill people. I mean, I'm I really laugh, but yeah, the I know, is I know, chance, isn't it? I know. I absolutely know. So this is what's happened. It's, it's set a precedent. It's a world first, uh, certainly the first in the US. But according to the uh, death penalty information, uh, death, let me see the name of the place, the death penalty information center. I am right there. This is the first type of execution of its kind in the world. 
with this gas. So I think it will be absolutely setting a precedent for other countries and other states in the US that uh, still employ the death penalty. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they already had the lethal injection, knocks the person out. I mean, now whether you're for or against it, it was far more humane than this apparently is. And uh, going back historically, I mean, some of those electrocutions that they did, and I've seen, you know, the actual video of them, just absolutely horrific. I could imagine very few worse ways to die than by the electric chair. So thank God, you know, that's not in full force around the world anymore. Uh, but yeah, certainly it's rather horrific, isn't it, Jim? It is. And, and some states in America do still use the electric chair. Some use hanging and some use far, some use firing squads, as far as I can make out, actually, in, in some places, certainly some parts of the world use firing squads. I mean, what is a humane way to kill somebody? And also, it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? If you say to somebody, you've committed the worst crime, he was he was there for murder, he murdered a preacher's wife, and he was convicted in 1989. But it was the husband, it was the husband of the wife that arranged the murder, it was a cash for kill, um, you know, as a hit. Um, but the, the state has said to him, you've committed the very worst thing anybody can do. You've killed someone. It's the worst thing you can do. So we're going to do it as well. I don't really understand how that marries up personally. Um, and, and as Einstein said, you can't solve a problem with the original energy that created it. Um, more and more countries around the world are dropping the death penalty. A lot more public opinion is against the death penalty. However, Kenneth Eugene Smith, four hours ago, was put to death with nitrogen gas. Uh, it is the world that we live in. So, uh, yeah, but um, I can't believe that they're bringing in new methods, you know, in 2024. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And when, when it comes to lethal injection, I would consider that would be the most humane. And why they all don't use that, if they have to use it at all, is beyond me. Uh, Jimmy Cooper, thank you. I've missed you. Great, Glad to be back. And uh, thanks for joining David and myself today. Um, and we'll catch you on Monday. I hope you have an absolutely terrific weekend. But, of course, you'll be back next hour with Sonia. I will. And have a great Australia evening, guys. You know, have a great party. Now, Gemma, Thanks, before, Gemma. before you go, your response is oi, oi, oi. Are you ready? Aussie, <laughs> Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Close enough. You're in. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Very tra- good. We've trained her up, isn't she? Very wonderful? good. We're going to be back. David McBride and myself, people, stick around. We're going to have a good old chat about Australia Day. If you'd like to get in the online chat, we'd love you to, to weigh in there. We'll read some of your comments. We'll discuss those. And uh, that'll happen right after this short break here at TNT. TNT. Sonia Porton. You feel the need to describe yourself, along with being a useless eater, free speech, isn't a phobia, as a male with a penis. Why would you feel the need to describe yourself as such? Well, you never know these days, do you? Anyone can have a penis, apparently. So just thought you better make sure everybody knows. And that, and that is the reality, isn't it? Words have lost all meaning. And one of the things that I wanted you to come on and come and join me about and comment about is the whole issue of gender and transgenderism. Are you cis, Jack? No. There's no such thing. There was, there was literally no such thing till a couple of years ago. And it's, it's their religion. It's not mine. And I refuse to get involved with this sort of terminology. It's ridiculous. Sonia Poulton on today's News Talk TNT. I'm Cal Fire Battalion Chief Isaac Sanchez. And normally we like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourselves and your family safe during wildfires. But given the historic impacts that the weather has had on our state this year, we would like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourself safe during extreme weather. If you reside in an area susceptible to flooding, please take the necessary steps to prepare to evacuate if advised. Make sure you've identified at least two exit routes out of your neighborhood as one of them may be blocked or flooded. As the weather develops, Remember to check in on vulnerable neighbors and family members. They may need additional time to prepare for evacuation. And just like during a wildfire, if you feel unsafe, please evacuate. You don't have to wait for the order to come. 
Keep an emergency go bag ready in case you need to evacuate. And always remember to plan for the safety of your pets as well. If you must leave, never drive around roadblocks. It can take as little as 12 inches of water to sweep your vehicle away. And always remember the mantra, turn around, don't drown. Be aware of first responders working in highly impacted areas, especially on the roads. For additional safety tips and updates on CAL FIRE activities, follow us on social media or visit fire.ca.gov. Unbiased information. Honest and forthright. News without the misinformation. It doesn't matter what side you're from. What matters is what you say, the truthfulness behind it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back to TNT. I'm Major David McBride, military whistleblower, and I'm crashing Dean Mackin's Australia Day party. <laughs> and thanks to TNT and thanks to Dean, which is very kind of him. And we are... Here talking together, I guess they wanted to. They were very kind and allowed me to finish off the week filling in for Dean and his uh, eventful and fun holiday, um, which he's been telling me about up in surface. But now uh, we're back. And it is, of course, Australia Day. There's no uh, – and in here at TNT and uh, all your listeners, we uh, deal with reality. Um, and one of the problems that we have, I guess, with the, with the – the present, I wouldn't even say, uh, you know, the, the future, but the present is when the, the narrative wants to talk about things which um, which don't really make any uh, uh, hard, don't really make any sense. Where, where we, at the, before the break, we talked about cutting down, uh, whether cutting down a statue of anybody uh, was really going to make the world a better place. Um rather than actually having a discussion, and let alone Captain James Cook, who was uh, undoubtedly a heroic figure and did the best he possibly could in the uh, uh, with the choices he had in life. And if everybody was like Captain James Cook, I don't think the world would be too bad. And if you compared him to even any of the Indigenous, it's not as if Indigenous didn't have wars of their own and didn't have people of violence. Um and the idea that the, the, uh, the, 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 as it was in our case, the English or the British uh, colonists were um, were uh, the world's most despicable people. It doesn't stand up. And as uh, Dean said, we could have had an Indonesian colony here, and we know what an Indonesian colony looks like. We certainly could have had a Portuguese colony here. I've seen Portuguese colonies, and I, I'm a historian. I know, well, I, I, I love history. I've, uh, I used to work in Africa um, in places like Angola, uh, and I have seen uh, Belgian colonies. I used to work in a, a place called the Congo, Zaire is what's called there. That was a Belgian colony. Now, in those colonies, uh, they, they really did this wholesale slaughter people and make everybody a slave. It's in a Spanish colony. Um, and uh, went down a mine in Bolivia, and it was where it was so hard for those who worked in the mines in Bolivia. Uh, they actually worshipped the devil. That's quite a scary thing. In that they just it, 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 they could see at no point in, in if they spent all their time digging uh, almost by hand, digging silver for the Spanish crown. Um, and they all had early deaths and they all get crushed, but their lives were, people wanted to work in the mines because their lives were so miserable. If you read, I read the history of a guy called, well, they 
pronounced it. Simon Bolivar, the liberator of South America uh, from the Spanish, and they had terrible bloody, uh, about the time of Napoleon, terrible bloody revolution in South America from the Spanish rule. And it with reading this, the, the, it's harrowing reading the stories of the revolution. And they would regularly, both sides, uh, both the revolutionaries and the Spanish would go into towns and put the whole, kill everyone in the village, men, women and children, cut their heads off. And then the other side would come in and do the same. Um, it was, uh, you know, widespread rape and uh, like, I mean, th hundreds, thousands over the years, people being uh, thrown off cliffs, uh, burnt alive, it, and not just a couple of incidents. It was almost the continent was covered in blood um, while the two sides fought and the Spanish uh, were, were the worst. And they were uh, colonists about the same time. So a Spanish colony uh, would have undoubtedly seen um, the, the complete eradication of the you know, the indigenous people, um, or if not, huge amounts of bloodshed. Uh, so the idea that um, a, a British colony uh, is the worst thing in the world or all or things could have been better, that that wasn't a likely, um, uh, it was where the cards fell, or it wasn't, a, it was something that the, the past is something you can fight against by, you know, cutting down statues, and that also that somehow this British colony was, could have been so much better if only other things could have happened, like what exactly? Um, how could it have been a utopian? What what would have happened in 1770 or 1788, which would have made it a utopian world? My um, ancestors, uh, some of them were convicts. Uh, they came here um, in the early 1800s. Now, they are the sort of people that built this uh, country. I'm very proud of them. I don't see them as monsters. Um, they got themselves educated. Uh, they turned away from a life of crime. Uh, they, they were survivors. Um, and I don't, the problem is if you denigrate the idea of Australia, uh, where does that leave us? I don't want to say people like my ancestors who came here as convicts and made a life for themselves were necessarily some sort of bad people. I think that they did the best um, with what they could, um, and they uh, they didn't just build a life for themselves. They built a life for me, and and Dean's uh, ancestors would have done the same for him, and all of our ancestors uh, came here with a view to building a good country. I've been to most countries in the world, or a hell of a lot of them, and this is it's hard to to say which is going to be a better country. If you're if you want something and you want to make something of yourself, uh, name it. Name it in the chat. Which is a better country that, than this? Some have got uh, more historical buildings. Some have got um, very very beautiful things. But if you wanted to make a life for yourself, which country has a better uh, sense of uh, education system, uh, medical system? opportunities for people who don't come from rich backgrounds to do well uh, i think you'd be uh, i don't know if i don't I, i've never seen a country where if you were born into it 
uh, you wouldn't be more pleased. Like if this was a deck of cards or we were playing poker in this great scheme of life and you're a baby, uh, if you were born in Australia, you've pretty much got a full house. I can't yeah. think of any other country. Anyway, back to you, Dean. I, I couldn't agree more. And again, you know, just some of the things that you speak about, we can't judge the actions of people from yesteryear by today's standards. If we weren't there, it's very hard. We can, you know, we can judge them by today's standards, but many of the people, some of the left-wing activists, I mean, I would consider many of them to be a very impressionable type. You take them back 250 years and some of them could have been the worst perpetrators of everything that they they hate. So, I mean, then it was a psychologist friend of mine. We're having a, a chat over a couple of beers at the pub one night and he was when I brought that point up and I thought it was it was very valid. Those who uh, tend to go with the flow, the impressionable type, those who don't form their own opinions, but instead uh, like to adopt the opinions of others or of course just go with the status quo, uh, who are, might be today's left certainly could have been the perpetrators of yesteryear. But again, just something that we need to look at. We've got the news headlines to get to. And of course, uh, we'll be back with Major David McBride and myself here at TNT. And we'll be reading out some of your comments in the online chat. We'll be back right after this. TNT Radio News. Big news. Yeah! Matt Boyland here with your TNT headlines. The tide appears to be turning on Israel, with Britain now joining the chorus of calls for a permanent ceasefire in Gaza. Remarkable videos emerged online showing a small boat full of illegal immigrants storming the shores of Southern California. The US state of Alabama has become the first in the country to execute someone using nitrogen gas, and Saudi Arabia has opened its first liquor store in over 70 years. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. And we are back, and thank you for joining us. And it's going to be like a party chat. This hour, not just myself and Major David McBride, but of course, the National Director of the United Australia Party, a true champion of the Australian people, a man who put himself well and truly, uh, uh, you know, he's at the back of your medical needs. He looked after you lot. And again, you'll find uh, not a better politician anywhere than one Mr. Craig Kelly. Craig, thanks for joining us. Hey, great to be with you and happy Australia Day. Mate, Aussie, 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 let's do it. Oi, oi, oi. Mate, they're in the online Australia chat. Day. They're, they're very uh, uh, much enjoying it. So I was just reading a couple of comments. Mate, um, lots of good things happening today. I noticed that Cricket Australia just did a U-turn. They weren't going to mention Australia Day, but apparently they did. They had a big, uh, uh, a major backlash and uh, they succumbed. Well, unfortunately, it appears that uh, this go woke, go broke, it's almost like instant karma that it brings upon you. We've seen a, a Pat Cummings you know, against the lowly West Indies currently manage one for 76 today. The West Indies have made over 300. I've just walked in from inside watching the cricket. We're down, we're four for 24. Right? Oh, no so way. Been, the, the West Indies have ripped through us. Yeah. The slowly West Indies team that couldn't even make the World Cup the other week, a couple of weeks ago, uh, ripped through us. We're four for 24 in all sorts of trouble. You know, uh, what do you say? Yeah, go away, go broke. It's like, it's like a karma that hits you. Four for 24. I feel like I've been hit by a truck after that one. Uh, mate, lots of Sorry, other- no, sorry, sorry. 
good old good old Steve Smith who also joined in. Poor old Steve Smith without in the first over. They never no got way. through the first over. Was out for six. <laughs> See, I, I purposely it's the ghost I of Captain I Cook. Yeah. Sorry, mate. It's the ghost of Captain That's Cook. A- <laughs> 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 He's come back to haunt them. <laughs> I wonder how many people purposely missed the uh, the cricket today because I normally watch it and I didn't watch it um, solely because they were going to ignore Australia Day. Uh, Tennis Australia did the same thing too, apparently. Yeah, look, um, we've seen especially what happened with Woolworths the other day. Now, uh, the left tried to dismiss it, oh, this boycott's a joke, nothing, ha- nothing is happening. For Woolworths CEO to come out like he did, to do that media blitz and try and appear on every uh, television and radio program that he could, for Woolworths to take out full pages uh, in all the major papers advertising our, our Australia Day specials, it shows how much it must be hurting. That consumer boycott must really be hurting Woolworths. And what it's done, that has set a bit of a precedent where you've seen tennis Australia cricket Australia go, hang on a minute, we need to reverse track quickly here because we've seen what's happened to Woolworths. So you know, to everyone that has said, you know, kept out of the Woolworths stores for the last uh, week or so or last two weeks, now thank you. Because what you've done, you have restored uh, the Australian people's uh, faith and trust in Australia Day, and you've shown, as usual, the silent majority is speaking out. Yeah, I think we need to. It's very easy to forget that we should do that. Here I was advocating to do that, and I was up in Queensland with my son at Robina Shopping Centre, and we always go into the local, you know, Coles or Woolies and grab the snacks be, rather than pay triple the price at the, you know, at the movie theatre. And there we were shopping in Woolworths, and my 15-year-old son said, Dad, aren't we boycotting this place? We put them down or we just left the trolley there Good idea. and went Good to idea. the other place. 15-year-old did better than his dad. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. idea. Well, I, know, I haven't been uh, in a Woolworths store. Not that I have a regular Woolworths shop, but I haven't been near a Woolworths store, uh, you know, since they announced this uh, crazy ban on Australia Day. You know, and it wasn't just – we've heard this, oh, it was just a commercial decision to get rid of the – no, it was a political decision. It was Woolworths putting their head in political decisions. We've seen this – with Woolworths putting submissions into the Digital Identity Bill, saying they're in favour of digital identity. We saw it where Woolworths were all behind and throwing corporate money into the Yes campaign at the referendum. Uh, Woolworths owned, you know, their major shareholders, all these big uh, overseas multinationals. Uh, They are running a political agenda and they have paid the price for it. And I said it'll be very interesting to see what effect it has had on their sales when those numbers come out. Well, it's great to see their stock prices go. Um, I'm just wondering, Craig or and or David, did you see today there was a couple of fellas, one in particular, who set up a, a sausage sizzle outside of Woolies. He was giving the sausages away. He had Australia Day merchandise. He was giving out flags to kids. And I thought what a terrific idea that was and what, what a top-notch fella he was too. Well, it's an absolute, it's just the pushback that we see. Australians are sick to death of being lectured by these large corporates. We saw this especially during the referendum. The more they brought out, like, you know, these uh, high-profile elites that tell us how to vote and what to do, the lower the vote, the yes vote went. That was, what, 30, uh, 61, 39, uh, 61% of Australians said no to the wokeness of the voice, which was all sold, sold on it. Uh, we saw it with the Woolworths boycott. Look, I think more and more Australians are waking up on so many fronts. We saw some great displays on the beaches of Australia uh, that someone's been putting up on social media. Uh, a no to the WEF. Uh, exit the Hu. These are things we would never have seen 12, 18 months, two years ago. Now, I think there's 2024, there's been a real turnaround in, in community sentiment. People are going to speak out. We've been through the COVID nonsense. People can see how they've been lied to by the bureaucrats and big government. 
and they're not going to take it anymore. Well, after the referendum and that resounding no, of course, now we've got Peter Dutton coming out saying that we should legis legislate to make sure Australia Day shall be cemented in stone, if you will, moving forward. I'd, I'd love to see that. Well, what about you, fellas? I, I think that's that's a perfectly good idea. You, you want to have it there that, um, uh, you know, you don't want to just be able to get some government to come in, uh, some woke government, so I'm going to change the date sort of thing, you know, the, uh, the, the upset that that would cause, you know, so many people sort of thing. You know, you can, we can't be driven, policy can't be driven by these small groups of radicals that they, they, they hate Australia Day. It wouldn't matter what date that you changed it to. Uh, if you, you changed it to any date, they would still be out there protesting on the streets and complaining about it. So leave it as it is. It's a date that reflects our history. And remember, it's not actually Australia Day. This is where I think the left get it wrong. Australia Day celebrations are not about um, celebrating a particular event on a particular day. Australia Day is about celebrating the resilience, the strength, the character of our people through a long, long period of our history, both Indigenous Australians, Australians of all colours, all backgrounds, no matter where you came from. It's that resilience of Australia that's made in the great country that we are today. That is what we celebrate today. Not an event of hoisting the British flag, you know, back on the 26th of, uh, uh, you know, uh, 1778 back in Farm Cove. That's not what Australia Day is about. It's about celebrating the resilience of our nation. Yeah, and and David? Yeah, look, I totally agree with that. And and uh, I'm all for having uh, an educated uh, a debate between uh, reasonable people about it. But that that is one of the problems is uh, you, some people are offended by the date in a very irrational way, um, mm. but... You can't say, oh, we're just going to honour those people who are offended by the date. Uh, what about the people who will be offended, as you said, by the scrapping of Australia Day, which kind of says Australia is, is a bad thing. It has to be something to, we need to be ashamed of. And after all the people that have died uh, at Gallipoli, in, in the Western Front and the Second World War, and my uh, parents' and grandparents' generation, your parents' and grandparents' generation, they would be turning in their graves in the idea that we are suddenly embarrassed about the idea of Australia, something it is something to be shameful to be a, an Australian. And what about those people who would be offended? I would be very offended at, at the idea that Australia is a bad thing and how dare you uh, ever say, I'm proud to be Australian or it's a good thing. A lot of other people are going to be offended. What about them? What about the people who don't, who just get outraged to say, how dare you say, as you said, it's about struggle. It's a story of struggle. People like Captain Cook, who was a working class person, people like my ancestor, James Freeman, who was a, a convict and undoubtedly a criminal. But when he got here, he worked very hard and he, with his wife, who was also a criminal, um, and they worked, uh, they worked really hard, picked themselves up by the bootstraps. They survived bushfires, famine. They almost all starved in 1788, and there was a very good chance everyone was going to die. Why would we throw all, all of that out the window, the wars, the sacrifice, um, because there's a, there's, a, there's a group of people that, that don't like it? I mean, there's a lot of people that do like it. And as you, you made a very good point, which day, if you really hate Australia, if you really hate the idea that that people came from Europe and made this into a country, which day is gonna, which today is not, which day is gonna be acceptable? 
every day is going to remind you if you if it's going to be called Australia Day, it's going to be talking about Australia and the country we've built. So every day, if you're not an idiot, every day is going to remind you of the fact if it's called Australia Day, it's about Australia. So every day is going to be unacceptable uh, because every day, if you say Australia is a fantastic place and it necessarily came from a, a British colony beginning. Um, every day is going to remind you of the way it was settled and what happened. And so it's it's a bit nonsensical to say if we choose another day, it won't have the same connotations. Uh, we have to work it out and, and say, deal with our past, good or bad. And a lot, lot of it is very, very good. And we can't just throw anything out because this is people, some people will get offended. And a lot of the we have to think about the people who, 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 which is the vast majority who have who understand how lucky we are to live in this country, uh, and want to celebrate that fact. And and un, unfortunately, some people are going to get upset about that. But that's that is too bad. We need to celebrate. As my even my sixteen year old kid pointed out to me, and he got something off TikTok or something, to say the if the the chances of a human being being alive um, a, compared to your life not happening because, you know, your parents didn't meet or the uh, the sperm and the egg didn't fertilise. I mean, we are lucky. If you're a human being and you're alive on this planet, you're not, a, you're not a loser. You're lucky because your infinitesimal chances and celebrate it. We all should be celebrating it rather than sitting in misery and saying, oh, it's so bad. Yeah, mate, I think you uh, hit the nail on the head. You know, we are here. Uh, it is a, a lucky dip that we're here and people have to, you know, look at the glass. It's half full. It's never, ever half empty. I'm with, da uh, with Major David McBride. I'm with Craig Kelly, and we're going to be back after this short break. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Last week, 14 House Democrats joined with Republicans and voted yes on a resolution to condemn Joe Biden's immigration policies. When asked about it, Karine Jean-Pierre seemed confused. What is the administration's response to the 14 House Democrats who voted with Republicans the other day to denounce the uh, quote, open borders policies of the Biden administration? I. What do you mean? What's my, our, our comments on what? Would you have a response to 14 Democrats in the House believing that oh, the president has open border policies? Look, we've been very clear. Uh, we want to deal with what's going on at the border. And she didn't do much better on the follow-up question. Is it still the position of the administration that the border is secure? Our position is that we need to do more at the border. We have to do more at the border. That's why these negotiations are currently happening. That's our position. Is it just me or did the self-proclaimed historic figure seem annoyed by these questions? Well, I guess when you're making history just by showing up, you get to pick and choose. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern time, right here on TNT. From weather and traffic reports to news of political developments, we turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. Yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. So many journalists are paying with their lives. 
the face exponential West, and they've already paid a heavy toll. Death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. We just want people to be safe, to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I'm naked at the street. These charges were politicized from the start. Facts win. Truth wins. Justice wins. C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Tout que je m'y attendais pas du tout. Stand with the free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. And for those just joining us, happy Australia Day. I hope your day is terrific and I hope you're going to party on into the night. Spread the cheer, make it a habit. And uh, the more you get excited about today, the more other people will probably join in. I'm with Major David McBride. I'm also with Craig Kelly, who is the National Director of the United Australia Party. Craig, over to you. Look, I think uh, something that's sort of got a bit under my skin today is the award of an Australia Day honour to uh, Brett Sutton, the former Chief Health Officer of Victoria. Now, now firstly, as a principal, I don't think any politician or any senior bureaucrat, like Sutton was reported on $700,000 a year, right? They're not the people I think that Australia Day honours should be awarding, right? It should be going to the volunteer that's running the Surf Lifesaving Club. It should be someone I remember. I was at one uh, event with Australia Day, and these guys dived off a pier, uh, boated capsized going through a bar on one of New South Wales rivers. They dived, you know, in the, they dived under the boat and pulled the people out and saved their lives, putting their life at risk. They're the type of people that should be getting these Australia Day honours. Now, now Sutton, of all people, he's presided over the abuse of human rights of Victorians. He's given licence to the police to go around and bash Victorians. He prevented the access of what we now know and that what is now absolutely crystal clear or life-saving medicines to Victorians. The excess deaths uh, since the start of 2022 to September last year were about 8,800 Victorians. Excess mortality, 12% more Victorians have dead under his watch. And given this bloke an award, an Australia Day Honours Award, it really, is, it really is a sick joke. He should hand it back and he should be apologising to Australia. We've seen report after report now confirm that these lockdowns cause catastrophic uh, outcomes, not, not only in human health, but also in the debt that they've run up. He should be there apologising to all Victorians. He said they're putting him up on a pedestal and giving him a, a trophy. It, it, really is, it really is a sick joke, and it's a condemnation of the people that run these Australia Day awards. They need to all be cleaned out, and we need to be getting back to what those awards mean to recognise Australians that have given true sacrifice and service, not politicians and bureaucrats that are on your own. Five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars a year doing, and they're only just doing their job and doing their job pretty darn poorly anyway. 
it, it's a real kick in the guts. Uh, and of course, as you advocated, it's people who uh, who give of themselves, who sacrifice themselves. And there are people right now in the online chat suggesting that somebody like you, Craig Kelly, is that person. I'll just scroll up to a couple of the comments. Uh, Craig Kelly is one of the Aussie heroes of the last four years. I mean, and I would advocate that is absolutely the case, mate. Um, you're somebody who put everything on the line. You saved, you literally saved lives. And here's somebody who was a big part of a machine that put people's lives at risk or worse. That's and true. there he is, mate, but we, it's so predictable. These Australia Day award honours. Now it's no so predictable. Politician, there should be a rule. No politician or senior government bureaucrat, right, that is being paid for their job and being paid, like, you know, that much over, like seriously, $700,000 for some of these government bureaucrat jobs and up to a million dollars a position is a joke, right? They're all paid for by the taxpayer. We should almost have like a ban on giving people like that an Australia Day award. Okay. Hey, I, I, agree yeah, with that. Yeah. I just want to say something about that. Uh, I absolutely agree, and it used to make my blood boil in the military. They would give out awards um, to the same people. Like if you held a job and you were the, the head of the the whole general level, the head who didn't get your hands dirty and didn't uh, didn't go out anywhere. Sitting in an air-conditioned office most yeah, likely. You got an Australia Day award and the guy before you got the same award and the guy after you. So the idea that you actually did anything special, it was to everyone who had the same job got the same award and uh, it was an absolute disgrace. It sounded like it, you know, they must have done something. Well, actually, all they'd ever done um, was kept their head in the sand. The only people that didn't get an award were the Craig Kellys of the military uh, who put their head up and said, this doesn't make sense to me. Then you didn't get an award. Um, you got an award for keeping your mouth shut, keeping the narrative going, and that it was a thank you for uh, keeping the uh, the pantomime, the smoke and mirrors going, and they and and they punished people who didn't. So the awards are an absolute disgrace. I can't bring myself to read them because it just makes my blood boil. Because you pretty much know that it's a some sort of a thank you for doing your job for a start, or or at the at the best, and a lot of the time a thank you for actually keeping your head in the sand and not pointing uh, to the flaws with the with the government narrative. Yeah, certainly the polar opposite of who should be getting them. And of course, no two better examples can I think of than you two, uh, you know, David and Craig. I think what you did, you sacrifice yourself, you did both. It's almost, a lot of people, it's a badge of dishonour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely it is. But well, it's that's fine. And Craig, I... I, I Take my hat off to you because you stood up and and uh, and you suffered as George Christensen did uh, that ooh ah factor in the media where you were uh, uh, your, your character was smeared and uh, a lot of people would have believed it and all you've ever done is stand up for what you believed in which is oh, exactly yeah. your job and yeah, it's um, true about your your character getting smeared and I still you know, walk in the streets it's like people yelling out abusing me yeah I so, know and as the if they're, was, they're the know, big person. They're, they haven't stood up for anything, and you've ever you've only stood up for what you believed in, and um, you should be given an award. And yeah, I, I wouldn't have to read the. You've got an award of the people, but you don't have to read. I'd never have to read the Australia Day Award thinking that you maybe you might be there, even if a hundred thousand people. Somehow I, somehow I don't. I won't be uh, holding your breath, looking along sort of thing with the mob that they're <laughs> looking down the seas. I, 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 I was an elected member of the Australian Parliament. I was being paid a good salary 
And I, I was simply doing my job. Yeah. Right? I want to see these Australia Day awards rewarded to the lifesaver that goes out and risks his own life to rescue someone. That's who I want to go and serve to. Or the community worker that does it as a volunteer. That's the type of thing. Or, or people working with kids in disabilities. They're the people yeah. that should be recognised and getting Australia Day awards. Maybe the odd sportsman here, here and there that does something on the international stage, even though that they're very well paid. But the idea that we hand these things out to politicians and very senior bureaucrats, I think that the, the Australia Day awards have completely run off track. As you said, they've lost all credibility and you almost wouldn't want one under the current regime. And, of course, if they want to find out who they should be giving them to, uh, a, as you just advocated, but, of course, historically, they seem to have gotten it right. Uh, they're now using, you know, somebody. We, we have to figure out who it is stirring the pot. I mean, we know the media. If it wasn't for the media, this whole thing that we're talking about today wouldn't and wouldn't be the case. The simple fact is if we could target who is behind this anti-Australia, this division, who's stirring the pot, who is telling the media to go and peddle that narrative, only then, I think, can we fix it because there's no point trying to combat something until you can get to the source of it. I think we probably all know where that is, but, I mean, how, how do we get and fix that? Well, get goes back, remember, Tim Flannery was once an Australian of the year. I just you know, <laughs> made stuff up. And you know who that was? That was John Howard that did that. John Howard it made Tim Flannery. Me. It was under John Howard's regime that Tim Flannery was Australian of the year. They thought, oh, let's, let's do a bit of sucking up to this wokeness sort of thing, you know. Uh, Flannery's caused that much destruction and that much destruction of wealth in this country, I think, with his ideology more than anyone else. He was the one running around saying, oh, it's never going to rain again. It's never going to rain. We wasted billions of dollars on useless desalination plants because of his scaremongering. Remember, was just, even, the, even the rains that fall won't fill the dams and creeks or something like that. He went on with this nonsense. And he is still revered on the ABC. And that gives these people this extra... Profile. He's an Australian. He's got these Australia Day Honours Award. He must, you know, have greater insight. You know, it, it, it really is. I think, you know, if, if I was running the show, the first thing I'd do is sack everyone on that Australia Day Council that gives out those awards. I'd rewrite the rules about no politicians, no senior bureaucrats, and getting it back to giving it community volunteers, and I put entire new people in there to pick who should get these Australia Day awards. Yeah, it's crazy, mate. The OAMs aren't, uh, you know, I've seen them as well behind the scenes. If you know somebody who uh, can put in a good word for you, you're going to go straight to the top of the list, especially if you fit into that woke category. You're going to be expedited up through mm -hmm. the ranks and you're going to have some extra letters after your name. And then next we'll hear that the CEO of Woolworths will be getting an Australia Day Award or something like that. You can watch that, how far <laughs> yes. away that is. He's on $7.3 million a year, right? has made catastrophic decisions that have smashed the goodwill of the company, has got millions of people around the nation boycotting it, and he's so smart they're paying him $7 million a year. You know. Wow. Yeah, no, David? Uh, and the ones that are, it's uh, everybody, um, whether you're left or right, I see it on, on YouTube, in, in the YouTubers. I mean, people know that Woolworths and Coles are ripping the public off uh, for the benefit of their so-called shareholders, you know, and, and as if that's a good thing. Qantas did the same. Um, no doubt Alan Joyce has got himself an Australia Day Award. Have <laughs> the highest the highest order if he hasn't already got one. Um, yeah, they should be called the Window Dressing Awards. There were the, the Australian of the Year uh, 10 years ago about was a guy called General David Morrison. And anyone who was in the military right. knew, knew that he was, and he got it for being really woke, 
But yeah. anybody in the military who knew the guy knew that he was an absolute creepy sort of misogynist, and um, it, he rode in on the work thing. But it was it was totally not even him. It wasn't even true. It was all phony. It was all hairdressing, and that that summed it up. Someone that just put on an act about uh, what he stood for, and even he, he got the Australian of the Year. Hey guys, guys, we've run out of time. We've got to wrap it up. Major David McBride, Craig Kelly, thank you so much for joining us on Australia Day. We'll both, all of us, talk again soon. Everyone, thanks for sticking with us. Sonia Paulton coming up right after this. This is TNT.